hello. I hope your first week of 2023 has been fantastic. This is the Real Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lenny, a.k.a. Zeus, the god of the squad rack. Going to be speaking about Spanish football today, a little bit of the the eternal two, the eternal giants, the biggest rivalry in the world, Real Madrid, Barcelona, a little bit of Atletico Madrid, La Liga in general. Uh, I did catch a couple of games. Well, one game this weekend. I wanted to catch the Atletico versus Barca game. Mm, schedule didn't didn't agree with that. But I will be talking a little bit about them. I've been watching the league a little bit more closely this season. Just going to get into it a little bit. See where they are. What the lay of the land of Spain is right now. And just to start off, I want to speak about La Liga in general. It was hailed as the best league in the world for a pretty long time. Almost the entire, essentially the entirety of the Cristiano Ronaldo versus Messi debate from the second Ronaldo landed in Madrid in 2009. It was basically the best league in the world, uh, quite widely regarded as the best league in the world. I know that... Before that, it was the Premier League. Premier League was reigning supreme, having teams in the Champions League final every single year from 2005 up until 2009. And once once Cristiano went, it, it's like the league, the Premier League kind of started to, to fall a little bit in terms of quality. Uh, that great United team, obviously, they they did make the Champions League final in 2009 and in 2011, they weren't as good at that point and that's when we really saw that ridiculous summer transfer window when Kaka, Cristiano Ronaldo and Benzema all went to Real Madrid in one window ridiculous I mean thinking about that today that would be like if Mbappe uh Christian oh there's no like if Mbappe Haaland and uh like Nkunku or someone went, all of them went to Real Madrid in one window. It was ridiculous. It's just earth shattering kind of thing. And that paid off. That's when Guardiola got that treble, that 08 or 09. I remember that season quite vividly because I watched their first two games in La Liga that season. And I was like, Barcelona are trash. Who's this absolute fraud, Pep Guardiola? Who's this guy who they got from the B team? What the fuck is this? And Lo and behold, <laughs> what unfolded from there onwards has been quite something. But yes, from that time onwards up until, so we're talking 2010, 2009, 2010, up until 2019, maybe. Once Liverpool got to the final, we won it the second year a second final in a row I think from around that time so that's a good 10 years where La Liga was the best league in the world you're watching amazing footballers week in week out uh, admittedly though in the first couple of years it was Barcelona and Real Madrid just trashing the league they were winning 4-0 every weekend it, it was nothing there were there was no competition there wasn't anything um, from the rest of the league but they did eventually catch up that's usually how it goes uh, we're seeing that now in the Premier League with Man City and Liverpool uh, where those teams usually you don't have teams getting 90 95 plus points and just taking all hoarding the points essentially like 
classic capitalists um and you you don't see that for an extended period of time you see that maybe for a couple of years and then the rest of the league starts to get their shit together we saw that with atletico madrid winning the title in 2014 they made the champions league final two champions league finals um diego simeone i will speak a little bit about him but he, that's when we started to see that okay la liga is a step ahead a step ahead of everyone else sevilla as well did amazing things in the Europa League. We've seen Atletico go down there and win that trophy. Trophy. We've seen Villarreal more recently win that trophy, and they've just they they dominated. Absolutely, have dominated European competitions. It's been unreasonable, basically. And we're starting to see. I think the general consensus is that the quality of the league is being surpassed right now the money in the premier league is is too much it, it was eventually it was always going to be too much once those new deals started coming in teams were getting 100 million just for existing in the league and now this is where we find la liga at the moment in present day where just something i've noted about the overall just visual product of the league where there's a lot of technically gifted players, top to bottom. You, you're going to see a lot of fantastic technique. You're going to see very intelligent footballers in pretty much every single team. However, if we are speaking about the, in comparison to the Premier League, because that is, we're talking about the best league in the world uh, conversation, you do see that the pace of the game is slower it, it just is what it is a lot of a lot of premier league fans will see that where they'll watch a premier league the premier league on the weekend and maybe catch champions league games and champions league the pace is just slower they're moving the ball a little bit more methodically a little bit more a little bit more thoughtfully almost thoughtfully i don't think that's a f uh, that's not necessarily a great way to describe it but the game is just slower as is one thing that's really really crept into la liga which which is to its detriment when watching it passively as uh, someone who doesn't have any stake in the in the fight is the scrappiness. I, I don't know if Simeone injected something into the league once he created that dogged mentality us against the world. Uh, Atletico Madrid team who have done very well over the past couple of years. But, I mean, the first weekend back after the World Cup, just taking a quick look, I didn't catch any of those games that weekend, but eight red cards throughout the league. Ridiculous ridiculous you've got this fucking ref lahaz uh who he was the one dishing out yellow cards to everyone and their grandmother in the world cup i believe it was the argentina versus netherlands game and he's in la liga he, he was dishing out cards like like candy um in one of the most recent games and this is something that you see in the league a lot the pace of the game is slower they move the ball just a little bit slower, a little bit more, a little bit more of a tactical game. But the fouls, the tactical fouling, the oh, the play acting, the 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 dark arts, if you will, 
it makes for such such a shit experience as a neutral. That's the worst part of the league for me. That's that's especially in more modern times that you're not seeing Cristiano Ronaldo doing his thing pre that knee injury when he was just a force of nature. You're not seeing Messi at Barca or Neymar or Suarez for that matter. We don't see uh, Benzema still there. However, there's no more uh, Gareth Bale who was absolutely killing it in that BBC front three. Um, Even Atletico, they had world-class strikers for a long time. They had Diego Costa, they had Fernando Torres, we're going back a ways now, Sergio Aguero, Diego Forlan. They don't have that guy anymore. They did have Suarez that one season, uh, season before last, where they won the league, but that was still a 34-year-old Suarez. That's not Suarez in his prime. So when you don't have that immediate star power you need a great visual product i will say though that just watching just the overall presentation of la liga it's been it's definitely improved quite a bit in comparison to say five six years ago where it seemed like the premier league just looked more vibrant i don't know what they're doing with the 4k cams or what but la liga looks amazing in terms of the picture the picture quality now away from all that there are a couple of teams, well, two in particular, who are always a problem no matter what's happening in the world. However, I'm going to speak about Real Madrid's stepbrother, their little uh, younger brother who needs to get their licks in. They've done very, very well to compete, I think, to almost break the hegemony between Barca and Madrid, Atletico, Diego Simeone, I've spoken about him, the, the, the dogged mentality, the grind set Sigma <laughs> team that they've had uh, for quite a while. They have been a thorn in the side of literally any team who they play against, except Real Madrid for some reason. Uh, even Barca had a tough time against them for a long time. In Europe, teams that have a lot of issues playing against Atletico Madrid, uh, you had guys like Diego Godin, Koke, uh, Felipe Luis, Jan Oblak, phenomenal goalkeeper, Jan Oblak, oh my goodness. And we're starting to see a little bit of a, especially this season, as well as last to be honest, the past two seasons since they did win the league, which was a phenomenal uh, achievement, obviously. I mean, anytime a team wins the league in La Liga and their name is not Real Madrid or Barcelona, give them props. That's that's 100% respect because Barca and Real Madrid run that shit. My goodness gracious me. Uh, and at Simeone, he needs to get his props. He needs to get his dues because he, he's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Um, keeping them competitive, winning trophies consistently. He he built two title-winning teams. He's gone to two Champions League finals. Unfortunately, they ran into their big brother, Real Madrid, who, oh, man, they, <laughs> they couldn't let them have shit, unfortunately. But that's just the way it goes. Uh, my team knows quite well that if you meet, meet Real Madrid in a Champions League final, that's it. That's it. It's done. 
but yes, uh, they have been poor the past couple of seasons, which is tough to see because it makes it a far more entertaining situation when it's not just Real Madrid and Barca. But it is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. Hopefully, he, he'll stay a little bit longer, meaning he being Diego Simeone. I saw rumors that he wanted to go to Inter but this was years back and he stayed for quite a long time. I think he's the longest reigning manager in the top five leagues. And that's kudos to him. He's been there for over a decade now. Absolute legend of the game. Um, you hate to play them. Uh, you enjoy seeing them play your rival team. <laughs> but yeah, um, now onwards to a team that was apparently an absolute turmoil for a long time. Financially speaking, specifically, they had to get rid of their president. Uh, they sort of bankrolled Liverpool's <laughs> uh, best team in the world for a little while there, where they, they bought Coutinho for a massive amount of money. Then they went and they bought Dembele for a massive amount of money after getting rid of Neymar for a world record fee. They are absolutely hated <laughs> and loved. That's Barcelona FC. And seeing them, their downfall has been exquisite, to be honest, to be 100% honest, because Barcelona for the best part of a decade from around 2006, when they won their champ second Champions League, and they had the greatest football of all time coming through their academy. They gave him some growth hormones and they're like, my guy, you're going to take over from Ronaldinho. What did he do? He eclipsed him. He became the greatest footballer to ever play the game. And what a lot of fans now who, who weren't around pre that, uh, pre, pre this Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets era, what a lot of football fans wouldn't know is that before that, Barca were, they were not, they, they weren't that team. Like Barca, you'd speak about them as though they're the best team in the world, biggest team in the world, most popular, so on and so forth. That's pretty much because of this recent era, this last 15, 16 years that we've just gone through, where they won four of their five Champions Leagues. They have they won seven in ten La Liga titles. That's ridiculous. This is it's been their greatest period in history ever. And Barca have been around for a long, long time before that. They were not the Barca that we've known come to know now. They weren't admittedly they did sign Maradona. They had Maradona. They had Romario. They had the Ronaldo. They had Rivaldo. They've had many, many amazing players. They had Johan Cruyff himself uh, for many decades. They had phenomenal football players. But now with with Messi, with Iniesta, with Busquets, with Danny Alves, with Charles Puyol, with Piquet, with all these players, and then eventually the Suarez's and the Neymar's, this has been their greatest period. So seeing and the smugness of Barcelona, and we really started to see it when they were trying to get Fabregas away from Arsenal. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to trigger a few Arsenal fans out there because Fabregas was an amazing player for Arsenal. And the smugness with which they 
got him back to Barca. It, it, it's it's smacked of utter arrogance and just a very off-putting attitude, repulsive off-putting attitude that when they were away to international, uh, I don't remember the exact details, or I think it was an international break or something, and they put a Barca shot over him. Fabregas, yeah, he went through the academy and all that, but he was an Arsenal player. And they put all this shit out there. You have players speaking about other players and so on and so forth, and they use those tactics. Unfortunately, to this, those tactics were successful. A lot of players signed for Barca, but it rubbed literally everyone else up the wrong way. And seeing their downfall from there, seeing the the what happened against Roma when they got knocked out in the quarterfinals then especially of obviously for obvious reasons being a Liverpool supporter seeing us come back and beat them 4-0 and then later on seeing guys like Jordi Alba crying <laughs> at halftime just delicious delicious sweet sweet revenge and I don't have any hate towards Barca. They were one of my favorite teams when I was younger. Ronaldinho, Samuel Eto, I love those guys. Those guys were amazing footballers. Uh, most kids wanted to be Ronaldinho back then. And seeing what they became in terms of that smug, um, what is that? Uh, the the Mes Un Club? I don't know how to say it in Spanish, but that that's saying that more than a club like they, this is Barca, Barca DNA, all that shit that they used to talk. And then seeing them go through all the ridiculous financial troubles, seeing how they treated legends of the game like Messi, how they treated Suarez to get him out of the club, how they treated Frankie de Jong, just air, leaving them out to dry. They, they, they've lacked class, which... It's not something you would think you would have to say, but they've they've really lacked class in the way that they conduct their business off of the football pitch, even on it, with some of the the crowding of the ref. The the uh, I know Chelsea fans are probably getting a little bit triggered with how they got dead in two thousand and nine in the semis. So. At this point where this is the general attitude towards Barca, I know it's mine where everyone's been been enjoying piling on them. And we've seen their new coaches recently fall apart. Ronald Koeman, he came into an untenable situation. No wins for him at all in terms of he was destined to fail when he came into the, into the picture. Failed, obviously. Failed spectacularly. Um, and then they've brought in Xavi, legend, absolute legend. Some would say the best midfielder to ever play the game. Genius footballer. They brought him in from Qatar, and he's actually delivering. He's actually delivering, which is quite something. I saw a statistic the other day that in 2022, the teams in the top five leagues who have got the most points number one being man city pep guardiola team league sure makes perfect sense and then number two being Barca. they are they could very well be back to where they believe they should be they could be back i, I know they got embarrassed in the champions league group stages 
they have a uh, they have a lot of young players. They've gotten Lewandowski. They had a ridiculous summer. They signed so many players, lots of scumbaggery surrounding mostly Frankie de Jong and getting players out of the club, guys like Umtiti. So it's been quite a a change. They 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 have a terrible financial situation they couldn't register players for a while in the summer and now they have a team that is three points clear at the top of la liga they've gotten usman dembele who they paid a, a, an absolute fortune for to get and he's starting to be fit to to stay fit and he's playing very well we're seeing the player that they tried to bring in that they saw from Dortmund and he kicked up a fuss when he left Dortmund uh, more Barca scumbaggery same with Coutinho <laughs> and they're doing really really well Xavi is living up to the hype right now Barca DNA all that's bullshit they are handling business they're getting results every time I've watched them so far this season Champions League withholding Every La Liga game that I see with them, they were playing some fantastic stuff before the World Cup. They would go into a game, maybe struggle for the first half, so on and so forth, score a goal, and then boom, 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 they win 3-0. So they've been rolling quite well, quite, quite well. I'll, it's a little bit fuzzy at the moment because I haven't watched them watch the Barca game or full Barca game in a couple of months. But I'll probably get into a little bit of a deeper tactical look at them. But they're doing really, really well. And the question being, can they sustain it with a team that they threw together in one summer window? Can they sustain it? Because they kind of need to. They kind of need to win a big trophy soon because their financial situation is a mess. I'm not going to dive into that. I'm not an accountant. Don't necessarily want to get into all that. But I do know for a fact that they needed the Champions League income. They'll make Champions League, no questions asked. They made it last season, and they were dreadful for twenty most of 2021. They were absolutely trash. Um, but unfortunately, those days might be over soon. And... It kind of felt like the Barca fans needed a good two more years of humbling, but that's not the way it goes. However, the question remains, can they topple the best team in the world? And that best team in the world resides at the biggest club in the world, the greatest club in the history of football, Real fucking Madrid. Now, Madrid, I did catch that game. I've seen quite a bit more of them especially after their Champions League run last year I think they were the best team in the world in 2022 if you were to throw together a hypothetical game between Real Madrid and the Argentina team that just won the champion, the World Cup I don't think there's a question of who wins I think Real Madrid wins that game one off tie to win whatever the fuck uh, trophy I think Real Madrid are the best team in the world I caught their game against Villarreal. They did not play like the best team in the world. They lacked the intensity. Kind of, quite a few interesting things that I saw. Uh, I'll, I'll speak about the team a little bit. Uh, 
Thibaut Courtois has been phenomenal. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have nightmares about how great this guy's performance was in the Champions League final up against us. That Sadio Mane save in the first 20 or so minutes when we were all over them. It's just, it's too fucking clutch. Oh man. It just pisses me off just thinking about that because you can't, you just have to hold your hands up and be like, hey, they were just a better team. They had a phenomenal player doing his thing when that team needed him. Ah, Thibaut Courtois, phenomenal goalkeeper. And he, I feel like he's essentially stepped up his game. He was a great goalkeeper at Chelsea. He came in for Keylor Navas. Madrid have been disrespecting Navas for a very long time. I don't know if it was Madrid or if it was just fans, but people disrespect, disrespected a goalkeeper who won three Champions Leagues in a row. Doesn't make any sense to me. But Courtois comes in. They win the league in 2020. They win the league again in 2022. They they walked the league in 2022. They actually... they. <laughs> Apart from that Barca humbling that they got with a resurgent Barca team um, when they lost 4-0, they had no problems at all in La Liga last year. They they were home and away by January last year. But this season, they're going to be in, in for a fight. Um, looking at the team, so they've brought in David Alaba. Well, they brought him in last season. David Alaba... <sighs> phenomenal player uh he was exceptional he's been exceptional for Bayern for a long long time I don't rate him as much as a center back as a left back not at all but class pure class you've got Militao who is kind of he, he was playing right back when I saw him playing against Villarreal he played for he played right back for Brazil in the World Cup and I don't know if this is a trend or what but we're starting to see especially at the top top level a few players who are you would think as a center back if if you're just thinking your 12 year old mind and you're seeing FIFA and you see Militao it says CB next to his name. It doesn't say RB. So I think that's interesting. We're also seeing something similar with um, with 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 uh, at City with uh, Laporte. We've seen Laporte play left back a little bit, but they do have left back issues. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a bit of a trend that we see a little bit more, where instead of playing a back three, you just def- you you attack almost in a back three. You have one of your fullbacks who is a center back. Just stay back and you let your your one of you, your other fullback fly forward. We'll see what happens with that uh, in in future. But that is something that I noticed that Ancelotti played Militao at right back. I don't know what the situation is with Carvajal. I've rated him. He's he's a phenomenal player. He's had a great career. I think he's probably starting to slow down a little bit. I would love input on that. Um, and then you have Rudiger, who such a weird player it seems like he's one of those guys where if he gets angry if he's getting angry if he, if you see him playing like he plays almost kind of like Wayne Rooney back in the day where Wayne Rooney would play his best when he's pissed off and you can see he's flying into challenges like just on the very edge the edge of the line where it's like okay you're doing too much you're gonna get a red card and Rudiger kind of reminds me of that where anytime Chelsea were in a sh- uh, were in a dog fight 
he would be the guy to step up and be like, hey, let's get our shit together. He's shouting at guys. He's like, he's one of those guys who would get in your ear and probably irritate you <laughs> if you were playing for that club. But you would love to play. You'd go to war with a guy like that. Rudiger, top class player. I've rated him for a couple of seasons there at Chelsea. And now he's gone to Madrid. He's stepped into the first team there. Uh, big problems. Big problems for the rest of the world. Big problems for everyone in La Liga. And then, of course, they've had that. <laughs> Come on. Ballon d'Or winning Luka Modric. Luka Modric is one of the most... He was one of the most underrated players in that Madrid team. Every time I would see the Madrid team from around 2014, 2015, when he was there early, I know he was slated as one of the worst signings that Madrid had made and all these sorts of things. He, his defensive work playing next to Casemiro in those early days when Cristiano Ronaldo could still run and they hadn't yet won the three-peat, he looked, he stood out to me. And I was like, wow, I didn't know he was this good. When he was at Spurs, I don't think he was playing at that level. He stepped up when he got to Madrid after getting all that early criticism. And he's obviously turned into an absolute legend of the game. He's taken Croatia to a World Cup final, a World Cup semi-final. He's won five Champions Leagues. He's won the Ballon d'Or. Just phenomenal, phenomenal football player. You've got a guy like that who's clearly evergreen. He doesn't stop. He doesn't slow down. He can't play 90 minutes every single game anymore. But Madrid being Madrid and Florentino Perez, fucking hats off. They must, they must be right up there with Bayern and Man City for the best run clubs in the world. They've got Madrid. They had Casemiro. They replaced him with Chiumeni. I've, I've waxed lyrical about this guy. He's phenomenal. I wish he chose Liverpool in the summer because he's the exact kind of player, the exact profile, exact temperament on the pitch kind of player that you need. And Madrid have players like that everywhere in their squad. And by temperaments, I mean they're calm. They're confident. They don't panic. Every single game in that ridiculous Champions League run that they had, and you look at the faces of the players, no one is losing composure. No one is, is out of whack. No one is dropping their shoulders. The body language is always positive. The body language is always calm. Like, hey, guys, we're Real Madrid. We'll fucking do it. We'll handle this. And they did. And they keep handling it. And then they bring in players just like that. Their recruitment has been phenomenal outside of spending $100 million on a 29-year-old Eden Hazard that was shockingly poor. <laughs> that turned out absolutely terribly. I don't think every, I don't think you could say you saw that coming where Hazard came in and he's just been an injury after injury after injury. Just ridiculous. Aside from literally that signing, even Rodrigo's paid off. They bought him as a kid from Brazil. Vinicius Jr. Oh my goodness. What a player. And he started off pretty slowly. There were rumors of Benzema talking about don't pass him the ball. He's trash. He's gonna he's gonna miss the shot or he's going to dribble down a blind alley and lose the ball. He stepped up. He's he, he, these guys they have what it takes to be Real Madrid players, obviously, because they're winning trophies for the biggest club in the world. And that's just it. 
they they they're such a well-oiled machine they such a well-oiled machine they let me uh i've been i've been waxing lyrical about these guys a little bit too long now um let me just get back to the team uh kamavinga is another phenomenal player tony cruz evergreen absolute legend of the game he's won everything everything under the sun they have up top and i think my my mvp my most valuable player in that team and the way they play is valverde he especially this season this season once he started getting goals and banger after banger after banger before the world cup i was like jesus guy's gonna carry uruguay to something amazing there was my one pick that just completely bombed out but yeah he's he playing in in that right wing slot uh he does so much defensive work uh against real madrid uh, against villarreal he was playing essentially as a right wing back when they didn't have the ball because they were getting run over by Villarreal. And it just dawned on me how much work this guy does in terms of just running. Just the work rate is amazing. He's got lungs for days. He's uh, just, he can pass, he can shoot, he, he can do everything. Oh man, and he, I, I'm pretty sure he played a significant role in the goal to beat us in the Champions League final. Just phenomenal, phenomenal players right the way through the team, and they keep signing them. I would not be surprised if Jude Bellingham goes to, goes to Madrid, because I mean, why would he not want to go there? I'm sure he would rate himself and be like, "Hey, I'll start every game." Luka Modric is about is. <laughs> 10 years away from from retiring so uh, i'll play eventually but yes just phenomenal players back to france and then you've got benzema and i'm going to take a quick note out karim benzema this guy he was signed in the same window as cristiano ronaldo i mentioned that before he was slated to be like a future ballon d'or winner this guy he he was seen as the next big thing out of France. That uh, first time I heard of him was around 2007 when he was playing for Lyon. And he played second fiddle to Cristiano for nine years, nine years straight, pretty much. Cristiano, you want to come into the middle? It's cool. I'll do the work out wide. Oh, Cristiano, you don't want to track back? I'll track back. It's all good. They won trophies doing it that way. And then at the ripe age of 32 he's like okay i'm gonna put this team on my back zidane let's go get you a league title they won the title in 1920 2021 very bad year for them lots of injuries i'll excuse that the next year he he completely explodes wins the ballon d'or completely fully fulfills his potential as one day you're going to be a Ballon d'Or winner back in 2007 and he made it happen at the age of 34 absolute legend of the game apparently he's a bit of a jackass outside of outside of the game outside of the field but that withholding he's he's been a phenomenal player absolute legend i would i would like to see how they replace him because they were looking at Kylian Mbappe they were looking at Erling Haaland. 
uh, I don't know if they're going to come back in for Mbappe. I know he 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 kind of flirted with them. He was essentially going to be a Madrid player. It makes all the sense in the world. However, PSG gave him the b- 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 bag. And as such, uh, I can't, I cannot blame him for staying in his in his home country, in his home city. And he's going to try win them the Champions League. Makes sense to me. Gets to play with Neymar. Gets to play with Messi, and be the crown jewel in the PSG in the PSG team. Makes sense to me. However, it's going to be extremely interesting to see how they replace Benzema. Because that's the one position where you you look at the Madrid team and you don't see a ready-made replacement. With Modric, you have Valverde. Valverde can come in at right wing if Valverde is playing in midfield. You have Rodrigo who we'll see if he ever gets to that starter quality. I, I don't know. I can understand why they would want to start Valverde on the wing because he does do a tremendous amount of defensive work. I mean, if he's playing right winger as well as right wing back, that's that's crazy. And so we'll see how they repl- there's already made replacements for Modric. There's already made replacement for Cruz. Not not like for like, but Kamavinga can come in and play there. It's going to be very interesting to see how they replace Karim Benzema, and they're going to need to. This season, they're in for a fight for La Liga as opposed to last season. Last season, they absolutely ran away with it. It remains to be seen if Xavi's team can can match them stride for stride. Xavi and, and the boys are three points clear at the moment. They've been rolling. It's going to be very, very interesting. Champions League-wise, the the competition that made Madrid famous and the competition that Madrid made famous. They have us. By us, I mean Liverpool. A, a shocking Liverpool right now. Uh, in the first round. The round of 16. Top, uh, weird, very weird anomaly. Uh curiosity if you will of the Klopp Liverpool tenure is that we've played in five Champions League campaigns either we are knocked out by a team from Madrid once being Atletico and three times being real fucking Madrid or we win the competition so considering how poorly we are playing at the moment I do fully expect them to knock us out right now Uh, unfortunately but you never know you never know. Uh, we we are absolutely due to beat them, but Carlo Ancelotti has had it out for us ever since Istanbul. I can't blame him. Cannot blame him. But Carlo, please, my guy, you've gotten your revenge twice over in two Champions League finals: once for Milan, once for uh, once for Madrid. Zidane got one over us as well. So please, just let us go through. Let us go on a ridiculous run. You can have La Liga. Uh, I started this off uh, speaking about Spain and La Liga and what's happening over there. However, I ended it with the Liverpool rant. <laughs> Comes with the territory. Uh, and on that note, I thank you all for your for your ears. I've had listeners on four different different continents already i'm really happy to happy that some of you are enjoying what i'm saying i'm sure some of you have a lot to say in opposition to what i'm saying i'm gonna get some of you guys on the show soon soon and very soon 
outside of that, I hope you guys have a fantastic day whenever this reaches your ears. And take care.